difficult it is, the battle belongs to the Lord God Almighty. Can I get an amen? Whatever you may be facing tonight, know that God is with you, that you will never be alone to fight those battles. And so we thank you, God, for being with us here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for bringing all of us here as your church to pray and fast. And Lord, whatever it is that we are up against today, we know, Lord, that the victory is in Christ Jesus and in His name alone. That even today we praise and worship you, God. We exalt your name on high. So please be with us today, this very night, as we study your word, as we experience your love. I pray, Lord, that you would impact every one of us here, including those joining us online. And we thank you, God, for you are merciful, you are good, and you love us. All of these things we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated, guys. Right now, this is our day four of our prayer and fasting. And I'm so thankful that you guys are here joining us, whether on-site or online. Can you greet the person next to you and just check up on them kung okay pa po sila? Are you hanging on? You know... Such a day like this reminds me uh, of a time that uh, me and my wife and a few other uh, friends from church, after a service, uh, we went out. And as is customary after a service, uh, we go to a restaurant, a very nice restaurant. And in this restaurant, we get such a wonderful surprise. What is it? We get to eat this wonderful thing on the screen. Naikita niyo pa kung ano yan? Ang sarap, no? Just looking at it, parang naglalaway na, it's salivating, no? And as good as that meal was, man, we were eating it, we were, all of us were smiling and delighted. Gutom pa po kayo? As we were eating this wonderful meal, all of a sudden, I see something on my wife's face. Bigla na lang, she bit on something. Okay, very extremely hard and as it turns out when she inspects the thing it is actually the the pakao of an earring how many of you know you know what a pakao is it's the piercing at the end of an earring the one you clip for the ladies you know that and she spat it out and saw what it was now at this moment in time i had to be honest with you i was really boiling up already we were just enjoying this wonderful sumptuous meal and then we find that of all things in the dish. And so my wife and I stood up, we asked calmly for the manager and then we politely asked, you know what, this is unfortunate that this happened. And we want to talk to the cook, the one who made and prepared this dish. Now, be honest with me, how many of you, you have exactly planned out in your mind if this happened or if ever this happened to you in the past, what would you have done? What would you have done? W would you have thrown a fit? Would you have bashed them on Facebook? Don't go to this restaurant. Nah, 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 nah. You know, I praise God for my wife. You know what she did? She called for the cook. And the cook, as he came out of the kitchen, I can tell you he was really sweating already. And I can tell that it came from him because one of his earrings uh, was missing. And it was a guy. <laughs> And so when my wife approached the cook, I was there. I was like, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? 
All of a sudden, my wife tells the guy this. You know what? It's unfortunate that this happened. Ang sarap ng pagkain. But let me tell you something. Because I am a Christ follower, I will not get mad at you. Instead, I will forgive you. And I was like, wow. And, and then she proceeded to actually tell the guy about the gospel because this is the reason why she can forgive him for this unfortunate event. It is because Christ Jesus has forgiven her. And then, as is customary to her, she gives me the, the, the eye. You know, husbands, you know that? It's time for you to step in, pastor. It's time for you to do and share the gospel, what you actually do for a living. And so I step in, I share the gospel right in front of the restaurant. Everyone's watching. We're praying for the guy and he receives Jesus as Lord and Savior. Guys, were it not for that unfortunate scenario, we could have lost our cool, but instead, we allowed the Spirit to guide us and it ended up letting the guy know of how God loves him so much. And it leads us to our topic for tonight, day four, as we tackle this most challenging command. This is a very difficult, if not the most difficult command that we see from the Bible. And we will tackle God's love for our enemies. Have you thought about your enemies lately? Have you ever experienced something like this in your situation where you've been hurt where you've been hated, where you've been disappointed by someone, you've been wrong, betrayed, you've been used or accused, you've been maligned, gossiped about, abused or abandoned. Diba? Just thinking of those people who have hurt us or wronged us, parang lumalabas na yung mga emotions in our hearts. And, and so the most natural thing, after you think about what has been done to you or how you've been wronged, is how you will respond to that person or to that situation. You see, whether you like it or not, most of us, we have enemies. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, whether it's the people living in your homes, whether it's the people you work with on a day-to-day basis, whether it's the people even in church. Now, if you're seated next to your enemy, please don't... Okay? This is the message that is for all of us. How do we actually respond whenever we're wronged? How do we treat our enemies? You know, there was this uh, prime minister from Spain in the 1800s. And on his deathbed, um, the, the religious clergy went to him and said, Do you want to be absolved? And he said, Yes. He's dying already. And they said to him, Well, for you to be absolved... You have to forgive your enemies. And so this prime minister thought for a while and he said, "Um, you don't have to do that. I don't have enemies. And then the clergy were like surprised, wow. And then he said, because I had them all killed. And so it just reminds me that all of us, we would rather get vengeance. We would rather retaliate than actually do something that Christ commanded us. When you ask yourself this question, how can I get rid of my enemies? How can I actually get rid of them or destroy them? You know how you can do that? Number one, look at this. It is by loving them. You get rid of your enemies by forgiving them. 
by loving them in the way that Christ has loved us. And that is why our main idea for today is this. Let's all read this together. Love my enemies. And with that, two action points. Pray and make peace. Can you whisper that to the person next to you? Love your enemies. Kahit na enemy niyo po yung katabi niyo, sabihin niyo, I love you. You know, as I was preparing for this talk, it was very surprising that I saw from a medical study from John Hopkins University that there is actually some very scary side effects of unforgiveness when you would rather hold on to a grudge or you would rather be bitter towards your enemy. You want to find out what it is? Okay, one person said yes. The rest of us, okay lang? Okay, look at this. Side effects of unforgiveness, you actually end up with higher stress and blood pressure. Okay, so mga may high blood pressure, check yun na po yung puso natin. Okay, literally and figuratively. Okay, how about this? You actually have a lowered immune response. When you're constantly thinking of your enemies and how to get back at them, you have a lowered health response and get this. It might lead to chronic illnesses such as heart disease, diabetes, and advanced aging. Diba? Maybe some people, they're so angry. What's more is that these people have been found to, look at this, have mental health issues, anger, anxiety, depression, bipolarity, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And on top of that, there are relational tensions like bitterness. Some people are antisocial. Some people exhibit toxic behavior. And all because they still don't want to release the hatred that they have towards those who have hurt them. Question is, are you one of those people today? Are you still holding on to something that has been done to you a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago? Guess what? It's bad for your health. And not only physical health, but also spiritual health. And God, today, in this room, wants to set some people free from this stronghold of unforgiveness, from this stronghold of bitterness. And that's why we read together in Luke 6, verse 27, Jesus says to his disciples, to those who are willing to what? To hear, to listen, to be attentive. Sabi niya, let's all read this together. Love your enemies. Napakahirap po nito gawin. And then he backs it up with three action points that can exhibit our love for our enemies. He says not only to say I love you to your enemies, but look at this. You are to do good to those who hate you. To, to those who don't like you, who don't want to be with you, you are to do some act of kindness towards them. And not only that. Thirdly, he says, bless those who, who curse you. Yung mga marites na parating nag-uusap tungkol sa'yo, sabi niya, what? Bless. In other words, proclaim or invoke God's promises, God's blessing to them. Nagawa po ba natin to? Ever? And what's more, he says, look at this, pray for those who mistreat you. You know what I realized? Jesus tells us to love our enemies and it is backed up by action. We cannot just have this internally. 
Sasabihin lang natin sa sarili natin, yeah, yeah, I love my enemy naman eh. But you actually have to see it through how you respond, how you treat your actual enemy. And in the following verses, Jesus lays out some few examples of this. He says, whoever hits you on the cheek, pag ikay sinampal, pag ikay ininsulto, if someone insults you, this is one of the biggest insults that you can do to a person, to slap them. Jesus says, offer him the other cheek also. In their context, this means that you would rather reconcile than hit them back. He says, don't do that. Restrict your action, don't retaliate, but instead offer the other cheek. Now, of course, we want to clarify that this is a personal conflict. This is not a life-threatening issue. Okay? So if you're in a life-threatening scenario, flee, okay? Don't turn the other cheek. Okay? But he says, in personal conflicts like this, when someone insults you, would you rather insult them back or would you rather reconcile? And he says, furthermore, whoever takes away your, your coat to a person living back then, your coat was all you had to protect you from the elements. And then he says, even that coat, do not withhold your shirt. Bigay niyo na yung undershirt niyo and give it to this person. And third, he says, give to everyone who asks of you and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. In other words, smother them with kindness and generosity. Do not take revenge. Instead, he says, the golden rule, which Jesus says, verse 31, let's all read this together. Treat others in the same way that you want them to treat you. And I was talking to an atheist who turned to Christianity and he said, one of the biggest things that turned him towards the Christian faith was this command that you are to treat one another in the same way that you want to be treated. It is proactive. Unlike other religions or worldviews that they say, do not do unto others what you do not want them to do. It's passive. But here Jesus goes the extra mile and says, do, actually do something that you would want to be done for you. This is what Jesus teaches us. This is his command to love our enemies and to treat them in the way that we also want to be treated. Why? He says in the next verses in 32, let's ask, let's see this verse. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Anong pinagkaiba mo sa ibang tao? If you only love those who love you, what's the difference? For even sinners or non-believers love those who love them. And further, he says again, if you do good to only those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? What better are you? For even sinners do the same. And verse 34, it says here, if even, if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. In other words, there's no difference. If you only love and treat those who are loving of you and kind of you, what is setting you apart? Jesus brings this command and says to his followers, if you really want to follow me, you're going to have to love your enemies. Yes, I know the hurt is there. Yes, I know the trauma is there. Yes, I know it's very difficult. And yet he tells us, love your enemies. And we can't love our enemies apart from the Holy Spirit enabling us to do so. Amen po ba? 
We need the Holy Spirit to constantly fill us so that this love will not be from us. Kasi mauubusan po tayo. Hindi natin kaya on our own. And that is why the Holy Spirit is the one who enables us to do such an impossible thing. You know, I was reminded of this as I was preparing. When I became a Christian, I had forgotten that when I was a really young kid, you know, I was sexually abused. I was molested by a house help, a guy and a girl. And for so long, as I was growing up, I tried to hide that. I tried to forget about it. And that's why often my wife says, you're so forgetful. You know, I don't, I don't remember stuff. And maybe that's a, a, a coping mechanism. But you know, when I became a Christian, one of the first things that God revealed to me, uncovered in my heart, was that I was actually living with that baggage of unforgiveness, of bitterness towards those who abused me. And one of the things that I had to ask to God was, Lord, please help me to do this. I cannot do this. I cannot release the hurt. I cannot forgive those who have abused me. And yet I started to do something as I read this scripture. I started to pray. I started to pray. Lord, grant me the heart to forgive them. And I started to pray for that person even though I don't know where they are. I don't even remember who they are. I started to pray for them. Lord, may you reveal yourself also to them. And you, go, you know, guess what? As I prayed for my enemy, the Lord tenderized my heart. All of a sudden, there were, the bondages were being loosed. And I was able to forgive them. And even though the hurt sometimes surfaced, I was able to still forgive them through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus reiterates it for the second time in verse 35. Let's all read this together. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend, expecting nothing in return. And guess what? Nakikita po ng Panginoon ang lahat ng ginagawa natin. He says, your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. This does not mean that when you forgive your enemies, you will become a Christian. No, no, no. It means that when you love your enemies, you prove that you really are a Christ follower, that you really are a child of God. Why? Because for he, God himself, is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Even unbelievers, even atheists, even those who deny God, God still provides the rain. God still provides blessings common to all. And he loves even those who disregard him. And Jesus closes out this section with this. Let's all read this. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Whenever we love and pray and make peace with our enemies, we become merciful just like our father. At this point, I want to ask a brother in Christ to share his testimony on how he lived this out in his own life. Let's welcome Ken Garange. When I was a child, I already noticed the special treatment given by my parents to my two older siblings. My mother's favorite was my sister, our eldest. 
and my dad was particularly very protective towards her. My older brother, on the other hand, always had both parents' attention because of his heart condition and asthma. He'd get whatever he wanted and would get away with anything he did. For example, if my brother started a fight, I'd always get punished after, like kneeling in front of the altar on mongo beans for one hour. My brother would tease me saying I was adopted because he'd get new stuff while I get his hand-me-downs. A lot of times, my parents and siblings would go on a family date while I'd stay with the helpers and stay-in employees. This was during, it was during those times that I was abused by some employees. I ran to my parents the first time, hoping they'd comfort and protect me. I ended up being punished in front of all the employees instead. My biological mother passed away when I was eight, and dad eventually remarried to a Filipina U.S. citizen. I looked forward to the day when I'd be with my new mom. However, after a few years, my dad left her permanently. It turns out that while, all the while, he had been having an affair in the Philippines. My stepmom was extremely heartbroken and was left with so much financial debt from my dad. One day, he brought home the woman with whom he had been having an affair with to live with us, with no questions, no introductions, no explanations given, and no objections, no reactions allowed. We just have to live with this stranger at home. Also, I wasn't allowed to communicate with my stepmom in the U.S. Despite all these setbacks, I did well in school as this was my outlet. I became class president from elementary till high school. I was always on the honor roll. And on top of my studies, I'd always spend at least three hours daily helping out in our family business, including weekends. There was a reason, there was a season when I had to go to the market and cook for the family myself. In spite of this, my dad would put me down for not helping him out in the business and at home. Berate me for not taking care of my older brother. Point out my supposed usual underperformance at school. Like when I was second honor in my Chinese classes and third honor in my regular classes that grading period, he removed the TV from my room as a punishment. My brother, on the other hand, who had failed subjects, get to keep his TV. Every grading period, my dad would send promissory notes because he didn't have the funds to pay for school. Yet every weekend, he'd go to the casino and various pubs. There was a time he took my savings money and pawned a piece of jewelry I bought for myself. During that time, We'd already lost all our properties and jewelry and downsized our business. We'd also been delaying our employees' salaries and giving them half of their wages. All these things eventually became too much for a high school kid to handle. So I decided to put an end to it all. I was in third year high school that time and a candidate for next school year's student council president. I had access to someone in school selling locally made firearms. I made arrangement to put up, to pick up a hand, uh, handgun during lunch that day. The plan was to shoot my dad when he was taking his afternoon nap and ensure that one bullet was left for me since I wasn't willing to go to prison. On my way to my last morning class, I bumped into our school pastor. 
I didn't recall the exact conversation, but at one point, the pastor quoted, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Suddenly, I was intensely crying. The next thing I remember was this pastor sharing the gospel to me. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior that day. God made me realize that although my dad's offenses were great, I too had offended God so much that Jesus had to die on the cross in my place. At the same time, Jesus offered me peace, rest, and purpose. As I was growing in my Christian walk, the Lord made me realize that though I've received the Lord's forgiveness, I had not forgiven my dad and those who've hurt me. As a forgiven child of God, I also must forgive and let God take care of my past, my present, and my future. So in the new year of 2010, I sought my dad who had moved to the province and the Lord gave me the opportunity to meet him personally. I asked for his forgiveness and I gave him mine. He did the same. We both cried for hours, letting go of all those years of hurt, pain, and bitterness. Amazingly, I learned that my dad received Christ as Savior two months earlier when a local pastor in that province shared the gospel with him. The Lord led me to meet my girlfriend early that year, and my dad gave me his blessings to marry. My dad's ex-wife in the U.S., whom I call mom, adopted me after my dad left and our business became bankrupt. I had the opportunity to honor both of them during our rainy wedding day the following year. I also witnessed my dad ask mom's forgiveness that day. On different occasions, the Lord opened the opportunity for me to ask my elder sister and elder brother's forgiveness as well. My dad's new family also heard the gospel through that local pastor, and they too accepted Christ. My dad passed away during the height of the COVID pandemic, and I am thankful that my wonderful siblings from my dad's family were with him until the very end, taking turns in caring for him. Sadly, due to quarantine restrictions, the rest of us weren't able to make it by his side. But because of the grace and forgiveness we both have in Jesus, I'm sure we'll meet again in heaven one day. My name is Ken Karange, recipient of God's amazing grace, mercy, and forgiveness. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Ken. Praise God. It is only God who can give that opportunity for us to love those who have hurt us, to love those who are unlovable, to love those whom we consider our enemies. You know, in Romans 12, 18, as we wrap up, it says this, that if possible, so far as it depends on you, what does it say? Be at peace with all men. I pray that later on in our corporate time, you will ask the Lord in your heart, who it is that you're still not forgiving. What it is, the bitterness that you still hold on to. Kasi, kung tutusin po natin, napakabigat pong dalhin yan. I pray that today, later on, we release that onto the Lord. We actually ask Him for the opportunity to reach out to that person who has wronged us or even you. If you were the one who wronged them, Pray for an opportunity to reconcile and to restore that relationship. What's our message for today? Love my enemies. Number one, pray for them. Even if you don't feel like it, pray. 
Because even if your enemy does not change or ask for forgiveness, chances are God is changing you in the process. And after that, ask for an opportunity as far as it is possible to make peace with those whom you have conflict with. I wrap up with this because Jesus never commands us something that he has not done so himself. This is what he said as he was praying, even on the cross, as he hung. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Even as he hanged on that cross, he did not retaliate, although it was in his power. He did not say anything, even though he is the word of God. He was praying for the very people who nailed his hands and his feet, who tortured him, who were chanting, crucify him, crucify him, those who were mocking him. He prayed to God the Father, forgive them. And I pray that all of us tonight would have that same prayer. Lord, allow me to forgive those who have hurt me because you have forgiven me upon the cross of Jesus. I wrap up with this, that when we supernaturally love our enemies, we are most like Jesus. Do you want to be Christ-like? You want to grow in your spiritual journey? Today, I ask of you, I beg of you, release that hurt, release that sin, release that unforgiveness, and you will be most like Christ. Let us all pray and bow our heads. Father God, we thank you once again for your word tonight. And as hard and difficult and challenging as this command is to apply, we know, Lord, that we cannot do it on our own strength, in our own power, but it's only through your Holy Spirit that we can supernaturally love, pray, and make peace and forgive our enemies. So help us now, God, to do just that. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen.